Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we return to the listener library for a suggestion from our mysterious patron, Tim. Tim is a generous supporter of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, financially as well as creatively. His designs can be seen at our Threadless shop, including an amazing Death to Carrots t-shirt inspired by the CBS Radio Workshop play, A Pride of Carrots. Today, Tim recommends we listen to an episode of Nightfall entitled, Gerald. Nightfall was a supernatural horror anthology produced by the Canadian Broadcasting Company between July 1980 and June 1983. Although inspired by the golden age of radio, Nightfall took a more modern approach to horror, pushing the boundaries of what was acceptable on Canadian radio at the time. The intense situations, graphic sound effects, and occasional use of strong language led some CBC affiliates to drop the series entirely. Gerald was written by writer and producer Bill Gray. Although Nightfall had an executive producer, series creator Bill Howell, Individual episodes were produced at various CBC radio facilities across Canada. Bill Gray, working from Calgary, acted as producer for two episodes, both of which he wrote, Gerald and The Dentist. And now let's listen to Gerald from Nightfall, first broadcast on the CBC January 8th, 1982. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. From National Public Radio, NPR Playhouse presents Nightfall. Ricky, come on back now. Um, 
Hi. I, uh... I've got to get back, you know, to supper. So I'll see you. No, I can't do that. It's too awful. You shouldn't ask me, you know, because it's not... No! Hey! Oh, that hurts so... Please don't. Thank you. I'm sorry. I just forgot, that's all. I can do it. I'll do it for you. It wasn't really that hard. garage with him and had a look. Well, it looked pretty bad even to me. You know how much I know about cars. <laughs> Dad, Mom, can I be excused? What? I guess so. But you've hardly touched your food, Gerald. I thought you loved this. Yeah, I guess I'm not hungry. Excuse me. Are you feeling all right, son? You look a bit pale. Oh, I'm all right, Dad. I'm just kind of tired, I guess. I think I'll lie down and take a nap. Okay. Some tea, dear? Oh, thanks. That's sure not like him. Usually can't even bribe him into taking a nap. Mm. Well, he's growing. Happens to all kids eventually. I suppose so. But he seems to be acting so... Uh, oh, I don't know. The last few days he's just seemed so much quieter than usual, that's all. He'll be all right, Sarah. Well, I'd better finish up and get back to that sermon. Nearly finished. If I can just simply figure out exactly how to put it when I tell him about the new way I've... No, 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 you drink your tea. I'm getting up anyway. It's probably one of the women from the exhibit. Winnie tells me they've been having some trouble with the bake sale. Too many butter tarts or something. <laughs> Hello? Oh, hi, Betty. How are you? What? Oh, no. No, that's... Oh, dear Lord. Oh, no. Who? Who? How could anyone do a thing like that? Oh, no. Gerald's heart will be broken. He's had that dog all his life. All right. Yes, yes. Thanks for calling, Betty. All right, thanks. Goodbye. Alex, what is it? Something happened to Tom? Sarah... Tom's being killed. That was Betty Tompkins. She found Tom in her backyard about an hour ago. He, he'd been killed by someone. She called the vet. Thought maybe he was still alive. The vet said he'd been tortured. It just wasn't hard at all that time. But, but why did you want me to do it? Why did you... What? Oh, no, I didn't tell anyone. You told me not to, so I didn't, right? Hey, have you got a name? Really? I don't think I could say that. What is it again? No. No, I couldn't say it. Could I call you something else? <laughs> no, I couldn't call you that. That's too silly. Why don't... Why don't I call you Tom after my dog? Gerald? Gerald, mind if I come in? Sure, come on in. Gerald? Could you 
turn that down a bit, please? Sure. Is that okay? <sighs> Fine. I thought you were taking a nap. I was, but I just wasn't tired all of a sudden. Gerald? Gerald, I, I've got some bad news. It's about Tom. Oh, yes. Have you seen him? I let him out this morning, but he didn't come back for supper. Funny, he never misses his food, does he? Not usually. Gerald, Tom... Tom's been killed. How? Well, he... He was killed... Hit by a car. Oh? Just killed him, huh? So I gather. I... I, I, I'm very sorry, Gerald. Oh, that's okay, Dad. Tom was almost 12 years old. That's pretty old for a dog, isn't it? I mean, he'd have died of old age soon anyway, wouldn't he? And you know, he was getting kind of blind. A couple of days ago, I saw him walk right into the couch in the living room. Didn't even see it. That's probably how the car got him. Guess everybody's got to die sooner or later, eh, Dad? Like it says in the Bible. So I guess even dogs got to die, too. Right, Dad? Alice! Alice, over here. Good evening, Larry. Out at night tonight. I'm surprised I found you. <laughs> Always the same on Friday. Here, sit down. Thank you. Oh, here, I uh, I ordered your draft. Oh, thanks, but, but only one, Larry. I must be a good example to my flock. <laughs> Alex, I, uh, I gotta talk to you. Problem? Your family's okay? Oh, fine, fine, but it's, uh, about the dogs. I know you're dead set against anyone trying to do anything, but with the police so busy these days, well, some of the guys were wondering... No, I can't agree to anything. Just a minute. Hear me out. Some of the guys been talking, beer talk mostly, uh, trying to find the guy. What I was wondering was if maybe you and I, a couple of the others, could, uh, I don't know, take a look around before anybody else gets carried away. I think things like that can get very dangerous. You no. Know, but I'm worried. Will you at least think about it? Yes. Yes, I'll think about it. Hey, thanks, Alex. I know it's only some dogs, but... But it's hard to imagine how anybody could... could be so disturbed. Now, Larry, I, I can't figure out how a man's soul can become so twisted. You're sure it's some guy doing it? There seems to be no question about animals. So, it's a man. If you can call him that. Is that you? Ricky? Ricky, you there? Over here, by the tree. Boy, it's really dark out here tonight, isn't it? I could hardly see if you were here yet. Look, Gerald, you better have something good to show me. If my mom knew I was out this time of night... Boy, she doesn't know, does she? Of course not. I snuck out like you said. Do your parents know you're out? Are you kidding? This late? I climbed out of my tree. Oh, wish I had a tree. I always have to sneak past the living room. It's not easy, you know. Yeah, going out on the tree is best. Okay, let's go. Just over this way. 
What's this all about, anyway? What are you going to show me? It's something I learned how to do. Remember that man who always talked to me after baseball? Yeah. Well, he showed me how to do something. Kind of strange, but it's pretty neat after a while. I didn't like that guy. He gave me a crease. I don't think I want to know about him. It's okay, Ricky, really. Just over here. I'll show you what happens. I don't know. What if some wild animal comes out and tries to get us? Oh, that's dumb, Ricky. There aren't any wild animals here. We're too close to town. Yeah, well, it's better be good, whatever it is. It is, I promise. Okay. Okay, now we stop here. Wait a second. We'll wait. Wait for what? I thought we were going to shoot. Wait, just a minute. Here he is. Hi, Tom. Gerald? Who are you talking to? Here he is. I brought him like he said. Gerald? What's that? Gerald's coming, pulling at me. Okay, there. I've got it. Here. Hey, that one's really different than the others, Tom. mother is in the waiting room. All right. Joe, do you think maybe a wolf or a dog I, could I, have... I, I, I don't think so. Now, I treated animal wounds before. Nothing like this. The boy was mangled, torn apart, but almost surgically. Alex, there was nothing we could do. He was, he was gone before. I, I'm sure it was really Joe, do you think what happened to Ricky was the same as with the dogs? I don't know for sure yet. But from what I heard, it sounds pretty similar. I guess I was hoping you'd be able to put it down to an animal attack. I hate I to know, think that. I know, I know. But you have seen the way he been opened. It was all much too precise and deliberate looking to be an animal. I think. Ricky was murdered. But it was so different, Tom. Not like the dogs at all. What? Oh, yeah. It was a lot neater. Better somehow. And more... A bigger something. I liked it the best so far. Hey, Tom, I was wondering, what do you do with them after I give them to you? Save them. <laughs> That's what my father says he does. But I guess it's different with you, eh? Oh, and Tom, how come Ricky screams like that? Didn't you hear you say it would be all right? How come he screams? Oh, I see. So they have to scream. Gerald? Gerald, are you coming down? Yeah? Oh, Dad, just a minute. Couldn't this have waited till morning, Alex? 
Sarah, we've got to find out who's responsible. But Gerald won't know. I know he won't, but we've got to quiz all the kids. Find out if they've seen anybody strange. It's going to be hard on him, Alex. He and Ricky have been best friends for years. It's hard on all of us, Sarah, but if we don't... Hi, Mom. <laughs> Dad, is something wrong, Mom? Are you crying? Gerald, when was the last time you saw Ricky Evans? Ricky? Uh, this, this morning, this afternoon. I guess, right after school. We walked home together. Now, I want you to remember. Think really carefully. Did you see anyone strange? Anyone you didn't know in the neighborhood? No. Are you sure, Gerald? This is very important. I'm sure, Dad. There was nobody I saw except the other kids. What's the matter? What's going on? Something terrible has happened, son. What? Ricky. Your friend Ricky has passed away. Oh? When? Earlier tonight. He had... Ricky was hurt very badly, and he died. What happened to hurt him? We don't... No one's sure. Some people think it might be the same... Dad, where do you figure Ricky will go now? Now that he's dead... Well, I'm... I'm sure he'll... He'll go to heaven. Now, I, I know this is upsetting for you, but... That's okay, Dad. Hey, Mom. You shouldn't cry, you know. He just died, in fact. He's just gone somewhere else. Everybody has to die. Right, Dad? Just like in the Bible. Right, Dad? Yes, that's right. Can I go to my room now? I've got a test tomorrow. Don't want to be tired for it. Well, I... are you all right? Do you feel all right? Sure, Mom. See you in the morning. Good night. Alex, I'm worried about him. Sarah, he's... He's in shock. It's not just that. What do you mean? Gerald has been acting... Not himself lately. He seems less active than he used to be since spent so much time alone in his room. That's pretty normal for a boy his age. I know that, but there's something different. Look at how Ricky's death hasn't phased him at all. That's more than shock, and he's so humorless lately. Nothing seems to make him laugh or cry. Well, when this is all over, I'll have a talk with him. When what is all over? Well... Larry and I and a couple of others have decided to to form a small group. See if we can't find out who's, who killed Ricky. That's for the police. Perhaps. But they haven't turned up anything, so I... Alex, there is something seriously wrong with your son. That must come first. This manhunt is none of your business. It is my business. Every Sunday, I get up on that pulpit and... Tell people about the basic goodness of man, and then someone, some thing like this happens. I've got to stop it. I've got to know why. Right here, Larry. More or less. Over there in that clearing. Do you see it? I can just make it out. Well, that's where we found him. Looks like he's been dragged away and then propped up against that tree. Dear Lord. 
Well, if there's anything to the business of criminals returning to the scene of the crime, somehow, though, I doubt it. Alex, any idea who it might be? I mean, you think it might be somebody from town? I won't even let myself consider it. But whoever it is is a sick person. I don't know why or how people can... I can't find a way to explain it, Larry. Yeah, well, it sure doesn't make any sense, does it? Why does he let it happen? Why does a god of love take away an innocent and by the hand of someone so twisted? I can't find the logic sometimes, Larry. I I don't understand sometimes. I just hope we find the bastard before he does anything else. Hey, what was that? What? I thought I heard a noise just past that big oak. Can't see, though, not enough moon. Look, just over there. Hey, 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 there it is again. Right, right over that way. I'll go take a look. You stay here. If it's anything, I'll I'll try and get him between us. Larry, just be careful. Right. Uh, probably just a raccoon. Look, I got a gun here. Now, why don't you just come out of there? Hi, Mr. Johnson. Are you going to shoot me? What? Cheryl, what the hell are you doing here? Don't you know there's a curfew on? You're not supposed to be out here. We just thought we'd help out. Are you going to shoot us, Mr. Johnson? Don't be ridiculous. Of course not. You just scared me half to... What do you mean, us? Hey, who else is out here with you? My friend, Tom. Yeah? And where's he hiding? Nowhere. He's right here. You just can't see him. <laughs> All right. You you tell your friend to come on out and we'll get you out of here. Your your father's waiting for me, and I don't think he's going to be too happy about finding you here. Tom? Tom, come on out. Let's go, son. You don't understand, Mr. Johnson. You can't see Tom unless he wants you to. And I guess he doesn't want you to right now. But here, come on over and you can shake hands with him. Now, look here, Gerald. I think you'd better stop this nonsense and come over. What the hell? Tom doesn't like waiting very much. Oh, my God, my, my head. What, what's happened to the... Okay, Tom. There, I got it. There. There you are. Wow, that's even nicer than Ricky's. Okay, Tom, I'm gonna get back up the tree and sneak back in before Mom notices I'm gone. You coming up or what? Oh, so I guess I'll see you tomorrow when we... Uh-oh. There's Dad. He sure came back fast. I better hide, Tom. He'd see me in the tree. What? Tonight? Okay. Well, I better talk to Dad first. Wait for me, okay? Dad? Dad, is that you? Gerald? Over here, Dad. Gerald, what are you doing out at this time of night? I told you there was a curfew, and I expected you to understand. It's all right, Dad. I'm okay. No, it is not all right. There's some maniac loose in the neighborhood, and I don't want you outside in the middle of... Gerald, what are you doing out here? Nothing. Just fooling around, I guess. Gerald, what's been going on here? Hey, 
don't get mad. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I guess you'd better. Well, uh, something horrible has happened. This man... What? Has somebody hurt you? No, it's okay now. But you'd better come and look in the garage. What's in there? You just better come and look, Dad. It'll be easier. All right. There. Now, what's going on? Okay, Tom. What? Who are you talking to? Tom. He's a friend of mine. But you can't see him unless you... Oh, my God. Oh, you can't see him. Great. He said he might let you see him on account of your special. Sort of like me. Merciful. Jesus, what are you? Do I confirm or disturb your faith, Reverend? Dear God in heaven. Oh, not much point in calling to him, Reverend. You see... He doesn't exist. Never did, in fact. Gerald, what do you know of this creature? Gerald knows me very well. A ghost. You're a ghost. I can see right through you. So you can. Yeah, Dad. Tom's just a guy from one of the places you go after you die. Hades, the place of hellfire, it's all true, then. What have you done to my son, Satan? Not easily convinced, are you? But perhaps I am your Satan, Reverend. I do take the souls of your people. I'm not a soul, really, but something you would think of as a soul. He will come in many disguises. Your faith is right about one thing. There is life after death. Many other worlds exist on many different planes. After leaving this life, people go on to another. And then from there to another... And so on. A series of lies. I come from one of these other worlds. A very different world from this one. And you come here and kill? Well, yes. But with reason. On my world, there are advantages to having certain kinds of powers. A long time ago, I discovered that a life energy, what you might call a soul, could be absorbed in such a way as to add to that power. So every now and then, when I am in need of a kind of strength, I visit your world. I'm afraid I may have been the cause of some of your religious superstitions. What have you done to my son? Nothing much. A little training. A lending of some power. You see... I'm not able to work completely alone, Satan. Possessing my son... That's not really true. But I did need Gerald's help. As you can see, there is so little of me that I can actually bring to your world that I would have problems doing two things at once. So, as I am disposing of someone, Gerald... Catches their soul as they move in the confusion between this life and the next. A confusion intensified by surprise and pain. Gerald, Gerald, get out of here quickly. There is one tragedy with my business here, though. Unfortunately, when I take a soul, its identity is lost. It ceases to exist. So, perhaps, Reverend, there is a hell after all. 
nothingness, complete oblivion. Give it reverend. A complete end. Nothing more to come. No. No, that can't be. You Now, must... Gerald. What are you? No. No. Yeah, yeah, I've got it. Boy, this one's really big. His faith was strong, but he doubted. That's all we needed. Let me have it now. No, I'm keeping it for myself. What? You can't. It's my turn now, Tom. I know how to do it now. All of it. I'll keep them all, like this one. It makes me feel really strong. Really strong. Tom, you'd better go away now. You don't belong here. This is my world. I think I could hurt you if I wanted to. downstairs for a minute. I've got something I want to show you. You have just heard Gerald by Bill Gray. Featured tonight in his first radio role was Danny Hyam as Gerald, with Mary Peary as Sarah and Neil Daynard as Alex. You heard Billy Mae Richards as Ricky with Eric Peterson as Larry. John Stocker played the doctor, as well as the mysterious Tom. Our recording engineer is Brian Pape, with sound effects by Matt Wilcott, and our production assistant is Peggy Este. Tonight's program was produced and directed by the series' executive producer, Bill Howell. And now, here is a final word from your host. Hello again. Next week's Nightfall features a new play on a theme that is becoming uncomfortingly familiar to regular listeners. That of finding missing bodies. Until then, careful of the edge. That was Gerald from Nightfall here in the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. That came from our generous patron, Tim, who uh, asked for that, uh, what do we call those? Uh, request. request. Yeah. The word request just left my head. <laughs> this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> but uh, Tim, thank you so much. And why I don't have a Death to Carrots t-shirt yet is beyond me. I'm waiting for the Death to Carrots hoodie. Is that a possibility on our Threadless store? Can we have hoodies? Yes. Okay. Can we get on that? Yes. Thank you. All right. Let's vote. (laughs) When we started this podcast, it was great on me when we did Nightfall. And I'm now getting to the point where it's called in my head, Nightfall Funk. And I want a playlist of Nightfall music. Boy, they they got into some funky grooves on this one again. Here's what's interesting about the 
poor choices in transition music yes. for this episode is all of it ends up being jarring, but yep. then it turns out to be diegetic. It plays into the next scene. Yep. The weird rock and roll music yep. becomes the music that the kid is listening yep. to in his room. The awful whatever kind of music that was is what's playing at the it's called Nightfall bar. Funk. Yes. Uh, so unlike some of the transitional musics we've critiqued in the past because it, it is utterly disconnected to the narrative. Right. It's just like a monkey came in and you know, put some tapes into the I player. I think that's Mr. Nightfall's brother-in-law who has <laughs> <Yeah>. a band. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Nightfall. <laughs> uh, Mr. Nightfall and the monkeys. <laughs> so this has the, a trope going on, and that is uh, evil children are terrifying. That's tropey. Uh, Two tropes, and, actually. And the other one being uh, the the devil is actually some sort of science fiction other dimensional character who right. reveals your beliefs are based on something that is exactly like magic, but you're still an idiot for thinking it's right. magic. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that with a more elaborate statement on okay. that exact issue later. But I'll okay, go. <laughs> I look we forward to it. We, we can't wait. <laughs> 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 um, yet we are some somehow we're gonna find a way to wait let's put this out there just to start i think the kid in this who we find out later made his debut his radioactive oh. debut i thought he was great he's good i thought he was really good and he, he, he can get real touchy with radio drama meaning kids can be played by adults and i find that horrifyingly annoying sometimes if not all the time or they can be played by kids that are precocious and it's too much. Uh, this ranks up there with, and please help me, Thanksgiving dinner, uh, scream for help. Oh, uh, um, the, the screaming the, lady or the screaming woman? Or? The, screaming yeah, the screaming woman. woman. And, and, and uh, there was one that was played by... Thanksgiving a, with the screaming woman. Thanksgiving <laughs> with the screaming woman. But there was a couple of versions of that, and there was one where the girl was so good. She was just so I think good. that was the suspense version. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can't remember her name, but we did all sorts of research on her. and Incredibly I precocious, but 100% a child. Yeah, yeah. And good. Yeah. I thought this kid was great. That's all I'm trying to say. I thought he pulled this off real well. I was wondering, is Tim trolling us? Because this hits a lot of hot button issues for us of like risky on child actor. Yep. Risky on animal torture. Yep. Risky on funky music. Yep. This is walking across coals for us to... (laughs) To listen to this and react. I'm I like, will say it's pretty took, good. Yeah, I will say it took me a while to shake the dog being tortured. I hated it. I'm glad we didn't have to listen to it. Yes. I was so sad about Tom. So sad. And it, that's a terrible name for a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Another hot button issue. Yeah. Just learn how to name a dog. <laughs> Tom. That's just like, I'm busy. I'm eating cereal over the sink. I'm late for work. We're going to name the dog Tom. Let's go. What would you have named this dog? King's a great name for it. Don't dog. kill me. <laughs> don't kill me. <laughs> Wait, I don't have a soul. Put- Puddles. Puddles yeah. is a good name. Yeah. Bisquick. Yeah. Mr. Nightfall. <laughs> Mr. Nightfall. <laughs> uh, are we voting yet? <laughs> Overall, I'm just really curious because I want to. I just want to rip the bandaid off because I am really curious if you guys like this or not. Just. Before we delve in, did you like it, Tim? As we were saying, this is very tropey. This mm-hmm. is very well-trod territory, and I thought it trod it pretty well. As we went, there were lots of little sidetracky things like, that's that makes this a little more challenging to listen to. 
And one of them, I'll get into it now. This, I think we've waited long enough. Yeah, I think you have. Yeah, you can come you out deserve. of the timeout corner, Tim, and you can uh, share your rant. So I have been on both sides of this speech so many times as, as a storyteller, a playwright, or most often as a role-playing game person of like, I'm going to have my big bad make a big speech explaining their whole worldview, their whole theocracy, sure. not theocracy, whatever their theology – they're going to explain this elaborate system that we've been hinting at, going up like we're approaching with this to un- – and mostly just like, I want to hit it with a sword and take its gold. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> right. I'm like, but no, no, no. You have to, like, you're the devil. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not the devil. But you're kind of the devil. Ah, but this is kind of like going to – it's like going to hell. Let's just – I don't want to listen to this speech. <laughs> <laughs> Not because it's poorly written, because it's because I've heard this speech, I've given this speech so many times, and like, I want to hit you with a sword and get your gold. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. I can hear the author trying to stop me from skipping this part. Right, like, this is the important part. Uh, which may, this is more personal about me than the actual content of the story, but I just wanted to hit him with the sword and take his gold. I and to back that up. One of the issues I had with this is, again, how would I write it? And that's not always a great approach to analyzing these these stories and these radio shows because there's a, a bunch of, of course, millions of ways to tell an effective story. But I didn't think it was necessary to hear him at all. Like, I think there's something terrifying and scary to... Even I, it's okay if the dad sees him, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he said he might be able to see him, and I just have him going, "Oh my God, what is that?" Like, there's something. But then, yeah, what took me by surprise? Hello, I'm I like that. Kid calls me Tom. So here's the deal: I'm an <laughs> entity, and and I went, no, 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 no. That that I think that ruined everything for me because then you can walk away from this with the the idea that there are possibly different scenarios that all could be true one of which is the kid's crazy and he made it up you know what i'm saying or it's real or it is an entity of some sort all of those things could be left open-ended uh for a i think more suspenseful more scary less definitive idea of what's going on in this story so i I, I will say uh contrary to that although i don't deny anything you said the twist of the kid, like, I don't need you anymore. I can do this on yep. my own. I didn't see that coming, and that elevated yep. it for me. Yep. It saved this episode for right. me. Right. Because I was out at the demon lecture. <laughs> yeah. For did all the you reasons. want to hit with a sword? <laughs> I did not. I want to hit the writer with a sword. <laughs> they don't have gold. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I don't need to reiterate everything Tim said, but I felt similar to that. And by 1982, the that had been a trope for a long time and now listening to it it's been a cliche for almost 50 years but also compared to the rest of the script uh which i thought was much stronger for the most part it had a couple little things that bugged me but it seemed tacked on and an info dump that was completely unnecessary and if you're going to go that route i would have dropped bits of information throughout the script and then that final speech could have been a lot Sure. Shorter. Yeah. And it didn't mind. matter that he's not yeah. technically the devil. It mm. didn't, none of it ma- didn't matter because all that matters is this kid is killing people and things. And that's scary. And I like the idea that we don't really find out why, if he's being controlled or not. 
that's what sucked me in is that is this story of the kid. It's this really compelling combination of uh, zero hour from Ray Bradbury. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard any adaptation of or read the book or the weird BBC 80s television series of uh Chalky by John Wyndham. Of course I haven't. <laughs> Just giving you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but it also has a lot One in common with that. Make it up and we're like, oh, <laughs> oh Chalky. Yeah, I've totally seen that. <laughs> totally. That's what I'm going to do someday. And you go, well, no, you haven't because I just lied. I guarantee there are listeners who are like, thank you. I said Chalky <laughs> 10 minutes into this. Um, Remember when Gumby and Pokey took him on? <laughs> <laughs> and then he ate um, their souls. <laughs> Here's the trope that really annoys me, and this is, again, like, Tim, this is probably me, but I find that crisis of faith trope in genre fiction really eye-rolling and tiresome, not because it's not inherently dramatic, it is, but it's almost always written by an atheist or agnostic, and so it is not portrayed with any sort of depth or reality, and I think a lot of his characterization of this father who is some kind of clergyman really gives the game away that he was taken to church once when he was a little kid because like a lot <laughs> of the stuff this guy says is just not this something a clergyman so would say devastating to him the the idea of no there is no god ba -ba -ba -ba. Yeah. he seems to struggle with where evil comes from but he's been to seminary so i'm sure he studied theodicies it's just very like if he can't handle like the problem of pain as a uh, philosophical or a theological argument, uh, he should just throw his collar away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but I mean, like, if it's really on a theological level, like uh, like kindergarten stuff made to give it some sort of depth. But uh, as opposed to confronting him with, an, oh, by the way, your son has done all these. I mean, the, the personal is what's such a, a stronger assault on yes. his faith. That would be far more devastating because that's something like, what have I done? That's that's like a relational yeah. thing. But his father's never confronted with the actual evil transformation of his son. Yeah. The father's already killed by the time the son yeah, shows his true colors. Yeah. Uh, he's just confronted with, your son did this because I made him do it, which is not as powerful. It's still horrible, but it doesn't have that impact. Of... Yeah, but in that case, his son's a victim. He never lives to see his son choose evil, heinous evil. <laughs> right. Can I throw something out there that is a possibility? It might be a little uh, too much backwriting or giving too much credit to the writers of this. But there is a possibility that Tom, the evil Tom, is manifested and possibly not even real. It is just that kid is that inherently evil naturally. I know that we see him and he talks. It but was because it, the dad saw him. Yes, I know. Yeah. But. Uh, and the other kids would, saw him. In other oh, words, briefly yeah. at the beginning. Right, right. But what came first? It's two things. What came first? Was Tom that evil? And that's why he was recruited by this guy. So he's I, already I that evil. I think that's in there, right? Yeah. He says there's certain people. Because mm. he suggests that he needs Tom. Tom is the guy who. He needs it's Gerald. Tom suggests that he needs Gerald, and Gerald is the conduit yeah. for yeah. the removal of the souls, which mm -hmm. is never really explained, and then he passes them on to... It's a syringe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a turkey baster. Yeah. It's like a... 
bone marrow transplant. Yes. <laughs> well, it suggests it's painful, right? There is that creepy line when he's like having the half the one sided conversation, like this bizarro, scary Bob Newhart bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 where he goes oh they have to scream yeah yeah it's like ooh yeah okay now he's on the yeah. phone yeah. in my head <laughs> or he, doing that bit bob newhart teaching a demon to drive right right <laughs> tom on the couch <laughs> there's a part of me that thinks not thinks there's a possibility that the intent of this is that Tom isn't real and that somehow a physical manifestation is occurring because of how evil the kid is. I could have gone along with that. Even at the very top when the guy is waving. Yeah. If there was some disconnect between like, there was a guy waving, but that's not who we talked to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately when the dad sees him, that's yeah. making an authorial, I think decision of it's a real thing and the 15 minute monologue from tom at the end <laughs> tells you that the writer's real intent is ventriloquism <laughs> i think what if it was a puppet we need to believe what is in the script Damn i it. think in this I'm trying case. to make it better <laughs> um there's a, an exchange in there that really stuck out to me that it's enticing in all the right ways of like what should i call you and it's like Tom is the third try, but the first one is like, that's, uh, I don't like that. And the second one, that sounds ridiculous. Right. Like, what are these names? I did a bunch of names in my head while this was going on. <laughs> it went from Zika Laka Pukachika, you know, like something weird to Betty. <laughs> like it was Susan. Captain Poopy Pants. Yeah, right. No? No. All right, Tom. Yeah, I assumed, I can't say that meant it was unpronounceable to him, not like, Oh, uh, no, it's <laughs> one of the yeah. seven words you can't say on radio. <laughs> Could it be the uh, Sesame Street alphabet song? Ab Gaddafi Jeffrey for New Witzes. You've been waiting eight years to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Congrats. I got to turn that little Sesame Street gem of wisdom into something useful. I'm impressed. Oh. I so enjoyed the way the first half of this distributed information mm-hmm. and i think again that is why the end bothered me so much uh the, the, that great moment again because it's one-sided conversations you don't get to hear all of it so you only get bits and pieces uh there's a moment when gerald asks well, well what do you do with them and we don't know if this has anything oh, yeah. to do with souls yet and he goes save them and that's what my dad says he does yeah and it's like ooh. Okay, now we know what we're dealing with. Right. It's said so well. It's not explicit. And then he <laughs> ruins it at the end. And it's so, the, the ideal way that you deal with these sort of kids in peril. It's both kind of told in a sweet, endearing way, and mm-hmm. the implications are so horrible. Yes. He's being forced into these horrific acts. He is being exposed to this horror, but he still has to process them through a child's experience. And that's what's so chilling about it. Okay, there's one bit of transition that confused me. It was more sound than music, and particularly because earlier in the show, transitions had a in-universe diegetic meaning. And that's that weird sort of synth underwater sound. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It's toward the very end 
I think it's uh, after they kill Mr. Johnson, who has a gun, who's out mm. hunting for the murderer. It's just the weirdest transition sound, and I thought it was supposed to signify something like the transportation of souls or something. But no, you guys are staring at me blankly. Maybe a little bit blankly. I kind of yeah. remember it, but I think I was just sometimes with these, you get to a point where like, please end. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I'm done taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of remember it. Let's say that it was the transportation of souls sound effect. It's honestly what I thought for a moment. Yeah, but yeah, it, Then you're right. See? Yeah. Good job. Some good analysis. Also, I'm going to edit this all out. I'm going to come back and say it very definitively. <laughs> <laughs> that weird sound you all remember? Here it is. Soul sucking. That's what it was. That's this what we all thought. The entire episode was soul sucking. <laughs> <laughs> Soul sucking uh, was the original name of soul coughing. <laughs> it's 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, and you are watching Chalky. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to regret laughing when we get all sorts of Chalky emails. <laughs> uh, it's got to be after a field trip. I'm like, all right, we got to go to Los Angeles, and at 5 a.m., start watching Chalky. <laughs> Should we vote? Yes. I would love to. It was fine. <laughs> you know, I can't say it's a classic. I don't think it's historically of any significance other than I think it's good. I do. I think it's a good, but I there was nothing unique about it for me to go, wow, way to make me rethink anything. <laughs> I Scary kid. Got it. It was good. This is a, a good moment to just stop and take some real uh, appreciation nightfall as you just were saying of all the technical achievements that went into this um, that's easy to take for granted but that nightfall as a series uh, exists with all the lessons of all the shows that came before it yep they are not reinventing radio they are continuing it and they were very boundary pushing uh, we sort of talked about Oh, the animal things and the, the child endangerment and all that. But it it was their explicit goal to push boundaries, yep. to be challenging. Uh, and I think they did an excellent job of all of that in this episode. And as Josh was saying, that there are parts of this where the, the craft of the writing is excellent. Uh, and it just kind of tanks a little at the end. Yeah. So stands test of time, has some flaws. That's my vote. <laughs> I also sometimes have trouble ending like my act threes of sentences or paragraphs that I start you know I'll come to a conclusion and I feel like I didn't really end that so I start again and then I have to find another ending Tim yeah come to the basement I want to show you something <laughs> okay <laughs> uh Yes, I think I will uh, piggyback on what Tim said there are some great production elements in here that I maybe didn't mention that they're small, but we often don't give Nightfall credit for these small good decisions because they often distract us with big bad decisions. <laughs> right. Uh, but but uh, there's a scene uh, when the parents are discussing what's been going on and how they're going to talk to Gerald about it. It's about midway through, so we know how bad things are and we know stuff that they don't know. And they just have the living room clock in the background just ticking. Mm. And I always found that a just sort of 
eerie yep. sound. Yep. And that's back in the day in the 80s. Like everybody, everybody's grandma had that incredibly loud clock on the wall. Okay. And, and so <laughs> someday I will bore you with my horror stories of my grandmother's clock on the wall. But yes, it is. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Yeah. And it and, means nothing is happening and time is passing yeah. and you're bored or it's, it's ominous as yeah. hell. And because we know things that they don't know yet, you know, like time is running out. They need yep. to figure this out and they need to talk to him. So it's just a nice, subtle background touch. I also liked the creepy repetition of Gerald saying, being so philosophical about all the deaths every time yeah. he's gently told about uh, yeah. his dog and his friend and the uh, repeating line of everybody has to die just like in the bible um so it's creepy it's also amused me because i think it's one of the best like paraphrases of uh ecclesiastes i've ever heard <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the entire book right there everybody has to die um so, it's in the bible yeah <laughs> uh yeah so there's little beautiful moments but I'm not going to lie, Tim. Uh, there's some <laughs> glaring uh, issues with it, I think, mainly in that big info dump at the end. Um, you never want to end on a big dump. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Wait. I have put years of my life into this campaign, and when you're going to fight the final boss, he's going to get his speech. All right. That's fine. I'll be in the bathroom <laughs> taking a big info dump. And let me know when you're done. Oh, that sounds so relieving. <laughs> Tim, tell him oh, stuff. Oh, put Grandma's clock on the bathroom. <laughs> Please go. <laughs> I don't like this transition. Let's try again. Hey, Tim. Yeah? Tell him stuff. Please go visit t ghoulishdelights.com, home of this podcast. It's more ah! of a time bomb than Grandma's clock. <laughs> uh, you'll find other episodes there. You can vote. Let us know what you think. You can leave us comments. Was Tim trolling us or was Tim handing us a gem of Nightfall to make us stop and appreciate the things we don't often appreciate. Uh, I think he's already designed a Gerald t-shirt. He was like, well, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I need to send him this episode to listen to. Uh, you can also uh, link to our social media pages. You can go visit our Patreon page. Yes, go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast. Clearly, we need it. Uh, yeah, become like Tim, not co-host Tim. No. No. No, not at all. Who can't finish his voting? <laughs> Become like patron Tim. Become a patron of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society. And please, uh, there are so many great perks. Believe us, there are. I think we just recently uh, released our Halloween Patreon special so you guys get a little taste of some of the fun stuff we do um you can also join us uh online and, and and hang out with us interact with other patrons and with us talk about old-time radio shows read books with me how exciting is that in los read angeles at 5 a.m yeah uh so yeah go to patreon.com slash the morals darn it Hey, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society isn't just a podcast. It's also a live theater company that performs audio drama live on stage, recreations of classic old-time radio shows, plus a lot of our own original work. We perform monthly, and you can find out where we are every month and what we're performing this month and get tickets to that performance by going to ghoulishdelights.com and if you can't make the show and you are a patreon well you're in luck because we film them and those get posted on patreon so you get to see them for free anyway but you should still come if you can because we'd like to hang out with you yeah what's coming up next next we'll be listening to an episode of my choosing the wages of sin 
from suspense. Until then. Hello. Nightfall.